today, as we continue our series entitled The Yellow Canary of Joy, we have a specialist, Kim Specker, a real-life business and life coach who has not just trained others in how to bring lasting change, but has also walked through the death and then resurrection of the yellow canary in her own life. We are women who have given up on trying to live in perfectionism and guilt. Because let's be honest, it just doesn't work. So we're trying something different and choosing to live intentionally and with hope. Please join us as we attempt to open the conversation and search out answers in a safe place. Welcome to the Moo Lily podcast. Good morning. Good morning, Christina. It's good to be with you, Christiana. <laughs> it's good to be with Tell you. Tell us too. about your rich voice. My rich voice. I have a head cold, my friend. <clears throat> I thought I was going to escape the winter without like a real laid up in bed head cold, but no, alas, <laughs> it did not happen. It has befallen me as it befalls us all. Yes. So that's why I sound like a okay. croaking. Is, old have man. you been partying too hard? I did actually party a little hard some of you may have seen on social media we christiana had the most delightful little birthday party seven <laughs> course french meal it which did. she prepared for us it did just slaved <laughs> it for was incredible two days straight mm-hmm. thanks i'm so glad you were there it was fun it was really fun i love doing and it. how many of us were there it was like 20 no, really? uh, 14. Okay. <clears throat> it was 14. It does seem like 20. It felt like, it felt like a really big 20. group. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was 14 people. Yeah. It's a delight. 14 the, people, seven yeah. courses. Yep. It was delightful. It's the third year in a row I've done it. And it is a joy to do it. I love it. Gathering everyone together that I love from all different areas of life. That's always been something. And you were commenting on that, I think, that night. Mm-hmm. That's always been something that I've done is be a... Uh, gather of people and bring people together around common things Mm -hmm. hannah was laughing about it my dear friend hannah as she was saying back in high school she'd be like uh this is super weird because there's like a nerdy kid and a jock (laughs) and this like really popular girl and christina's like come on guys let's all do this together yeah she's going what no (laughs) i guess it was so fun like not being (laughs) from kansas city i felt like i connected the dots like there were lots of people that i either had like I knew of through you or yeah. had heard or I knew them I didn't know that we mm. knew each other from another mm-hmm. connection but just to sort of all be in the same room yeah it was really fun I'm glad you were there and had yeah. a good time it was, it yeah was good. it was a good night but it was you know mm-hmm. partied pr- kind of hard just yes. a lot of work and not much sleep mm-hmm. <laughs> lots of heavy rich food yeah wine uh-huh <laughs> Sounds great. Sorry mm-hmm. that it made you sick. It didn't do that it's to okay. me. It's okay. It so. was kind of great. Great Wolf Lodge kind of tipped me over the edge. Oh, yes. Yeah, so the getting in mm-hmm. and out of the pool and being cold and being hot. And yeah. Apparently, my immune system couldn't handle it. So. It was all too much. <laughs> it was too much. So good, but too much. Too much. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, welcome to the Moolily podcast. <laughs> welcome, everyone. <laughs> We're glad you're with us. We are glad you are with us. So just a few quick little things. Um, please go to our website. It's moolily.com. So that's M-O-O-L-I-L-Y. I'm not allowed to spell it anymore. <laughs> I keep I keep doing like L-I-L-Y. So I guess I'm not allowed anymore. So I guess if you put an N in there, moon lily, that's like moon a tarot lily. card, palm oh. reading website. Don't go there. 
Moo lily, like moo cows. Like moo cow. Yeah. And a lily. Um, also, if you have enjoyed the um, the podcast and you want to subscribe, that mm-hmm. would be great. And that'll just that. pop up on your iPhone. So go, Easy. we're on iTunes. Um, check us out. Also, if you want to join us on Instagram and Facebook, we are there. We really love uh, hearing from you. Like we would yeah. like your feedback. If there's something that you enjoyed or something that didn't make sense to you, please let us know. So you mm-hmm. can email us um, or contact us through the website or just shoot us a little message on Facebook or Instagram yeah. and we will get back to you. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yep. And we're thankful for our friends, our sponsors at yes. Wooten Media. Check them out. Mm-hmm. They do a great job at what they do. They do. Being that we're coming into spring, we have uh, this new series. This is a second episode um, entitled The Yellow Canary of Joy. Mm-hmm. So we want to look at uh, our hearts particularly, but also just our lives as women. Um, we are often carrying many different things and wearing many different hats and we're not paying attention to uh, are we doing the things that the Lord has called us to do mm-hmm. is our little yellow canary sort of thermostat <laughs> thermometer telling us stop <laughs> slow down like the yellow canary is laying dead on the bottom of the cage and we haven't noticed yet yeah because we're just go 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 so we're very excited to have Kim Specker with us here today we are. Um, Christiana, do you want to introduce her for us? I am. I'm going to introduce the heck out of her. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm about to do. <laughs> so Kim Specker is a fun-loving, playful woman who loves Jesus and loves people. She's just entered the empty nest stage of life and is enjoying recalibrating to this stage. So Kim has raised two boys. She's run a business, worked in the marketplace, and volunteered in different ways to help improve people's lives. And I think that's a real passion of her heart. She's an entrepreneur at heart, an intuitive visionary. She sees the big picture and helps people create and execute their dreams. So we're very excited because professionally, Kim is a life transformation coach and helps individuals to grow into their God-given identity. So she creates customized coaching programs for individuals and organizations who want to increase the emotional, relational, and conversational intelligence and maturity of those on their staff. I think we could do like a sesh with her. Yeah. That's what the kids would say, a sesh. So she's been doing this for eight years. She's certified by the ICF and is a practitioner of an inner healing prayer model called Emmanuel Prayer. She's a trainer of the manual journaling process, which we've talked about multiple times. Mm -hmm. She's a presenter of life model concepts, which I've talked about multiple times. Mm -hmm. She's certified in conversational intelligence, CIQ training and coaching. And of course, Kim is married to Steve. And they enjoy participating in a faith community that is focused on loving others well and growing in love with Jesus. Together, they've got four kids, adult children, one son-in-law. They believe family is their ministry and their joy, whether it is spiritual family or biological. You can find this lovely couple sharing their home, food, or a good cup of coffee with young adults who are trying to figure out how to make life work or how to build a relationship with Jesus and others. And that is why she is here. Yes. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Kim Specker. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, Kim. Well, thank you for having me on. That was... um quite an introduction you yeah me there. I just wanted to go with the whole thing I felt like let's mm-hmm. just say who this lady is yeah we're just gonna bring it I liked it mm-hmm. yeah good job <laughs> so Kim can you tell us a little bit about your journey as a woman as a business person as a mom and discovering the absence and your need for joy 
I think I didn't realize that there was an absence of joy until about six years ago. Um, I didn't know what the difference was between joy and happiness mm. um, or um, let's say joy and pleasure, mm-hmm. right? Um, our Western culture seems to idolize pleasure mm-hmm. um, yeah. and joy is different than that. Um, joy by, by definition is um, a state of well-being where there is peace and contentment. And another way to define it is joy comes when you are with people who are glad, as glad can be, to be with you. I love that. And um, I discovered that joy comes from relationship, where happiness comes from circumstance. Hmm. Interesting. Right. So um, I'd had a, I have a, a, an amazing life. You know, I had great things happening. But what I realized was I did not have what you call the joy of the Lord, where you overflow to touch other people's life from joy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always a place of, I tried to help people or tried to serve people, but it was more out of my flesh mm-hmm. rather than out of abundance. And so when I realized this, it it was a game changer for me with my relationship with Jesus and then my relationship with others. Wow. Is that making sense so far? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So most of my life I over functioned, Mm -hmm. um, just because I didn't want to miss anything. You just want to take it all in. You want to give all you have, you want to make a difference. But oftentimes when we're giving, we're not taking time to receive. Right. Either. Absolutely. And um, if joy is relational, that means we have to spend time in relationship, whether it be with God or with others, to receive. Hmm. And so that was one of the new experiences I had to create was learning how to quiet and rest Mm -hmm. to receive joy. I love it that you describe joy as peace and contentment because I think people would put peace in a different box than joy. But Mm -hmm. you can really see how just as you kind of describe the importance of relationship and for people to be glad to be with you, that is a peaceful thing. That's a real, like, it sort of fills you up on the inside Mm -hmm. in a different way to activities or things that make Mm -hmm. you happy or give you pleasure. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's a very, very insightful explanation. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. How did you recognize that it was lacking? Well, I think I had... um new awareness through teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you've mentioned the life model on your podcast before. So um, I had the privilege six years ago of being introduced to those concepts. Mm-hmm. And um, I had not thought of joy in that way, that joy mm-hmm. was relational. Um, and when I began to think about that, I knew I was a highly relational person. Mm-hmm. I mean, my tank is filled by being with people. Um, but what I hadn't considered was, are they glad to be with me? And that's the reciprocity Mm -hmm. that bi-directional relationship is when I began to experience the depth of intentional relationship building, yeah, increasing vulnerability, um, taking my mask off, inviting my friends to take their mask off, Mm -hmm. um, 
it created a new awareness of going, I think I might want to explore this. And it didn't happen overnight. It was a process. Mm-hmm. But I realized that what where I was living was kind of, even though I was told you I was living out of the power of the Holy Spirit, I think there was a lot of my flesh still involved in it. Hmm. Because my flesh is strong, right? We're all mm-hmm. strong women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. We can do anything that we have to do. Right. And um, <laughs> and I think that that's the awareness of going, wait a minute, I'm aging, I'm maturing, my body's getting tired, it doesn't have the energy it used to have. And there was just a, a need to self-reflect, actually. Because hmm. how I was looking at sustainability, I can't keep operating like this. And if it's if that's what's giving me my happiness, yeah. And I'm going. There has to be a shift from happiness, yeah, to joy. And then in my work as a coach, you know, I, I I've studied a lot about positive psychology, and one of the the core principles of positive psychology is appreciation, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so the work of Sonia Lubomirsky, she wrote a book, The How of Happiness, and I really chewed on that for a while and I'm going but there's something greater than happiness and then I was introduced to the work of Dr. Wilder and his crew about joy and it resonated with me Mm -hmm. going ah the difference is the reciprocal relationship did meeting people who had some joy also provoke that wow there's something there that I need to grow in Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just joy, it was their maturity and mm. how they saw the world and how they saw life. I saw something in the people that I began to meet that I wanted. So it became infectious. You know, mm-hmm. I get their, their ma- emotional maturity and their joy, what I call their joy quotient, Yeah, was what I wanted because I saw they were more mature than me in age. And it was sustainable. They were operating at a pace that I thought someday I want to be like that. In mm-hmm. the midst of chaos, in the midst of disappointment, in the midst of loss, they still had joy. Yeah. And that's where I want to be because mm-hmm. um, life happens. We live in a broken world. And yeah. So we want to work toward increasing our joy capacity. Mm. <laughs> Gosh, there are so many questions I could ask right now. Well, you I'm, can ask. We have the power of editing. I mean, yeah. I like this is really awkward because I'm the coach and I ask the question. Right. <laughs> so I want to interview you girls now. Okay. Can you explain to us in simple terms how our brains are designed to run on joy? Well, in simple terms, um, I'll, I'll try to do this because I'm n- I'm not a brain scientist. I'm not <laughs> a neurotheologian like Dr. Wilder, but mm-hmm. we have a region in our brain. It's called the right prefrontal cortex, and it's the emotional center of our brain. And oftentimes what we find is it has been compromised due to trauma or when we did not receive secure attachments from um, our families of origin. And so know that this is a very general reflection of this, but what 
when I found out that there could be a reason why I was joy deficient, or there could be a reason that I lived um, out of fear, something resonated into me that I want to explore this and go, how would I rebuild my right prefrontal cortex Mm -hmm. if it is the emotional center? You know, it is where emotional maturity is formed. It is where relational maturity is formed. It's where conversational Mm -hmm. maturity is formed, which that's pretty significant, right? So if, if it's been impaired, all of a sudden it gave me permission to think, oh, that wasn't my fault. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily was it my parents, but but life circumstances of, you know, there are two types of trauma. Trauma A, when there's an absence of what we need. Uh-huh. And trauma B is when bad things happen to us. Right. And either one of those can put like a chink in the development of our prefrontal cortex. What happened within me was a realization that if that can be rebuilt, if if God would redeem what was taken from me through trauma or through insecure attachment Mm -hmm. I want to take advantage of that yeah Mm -hmm. and I think it's the coach in me just the natural coach that says well if we can work on that let's be proactive and see what does it take to rebuild that right prefrontal cortex Mm -hmm. and there are two things that are really important it's kind of like a three-legged stool approach you know um you have three legs um, to a stool. What happens when one leg goes away? Yeah. The you whole fall. thing falls down. Mm-hmm. It falls down, mm-hmm. right? So we need all three legs to have a strong. We want to create an intentional plan to maximize our joy input. So if we're a strategy means we have to be intentional, mm-hmm. right. right? So that might look like... Um, intentionally selecting friends to practice joy with Mm -hmm. if you have a community that you could train and equip in practicing joy um, it could also be like having a team in the marketplace that you want to be about appreciation and you want to be about affirmation rebuilding you know creating that in your in your work environment the second component is to allow jesus Um, I happen to see Jesus as my healer Mm -hmm. and so allowing him to come and restore some of the the holes or the gaps Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, that's the second leg and so I that might be done through a manual journaling Mm -hmm. or through the manual prayer process which is a one-on-one prayer model and then the third thing is is to grow my maturity Mm -hmm. and there are um, five various life stages or yeah, life stages, maturity stages. Right. And there's all kinds of research out there, but a good portion of our population, men are in the infant um, life stage, mm-hmm. and women are in the uh, child life stage. And then there's adult, then there's parent, and then there's elder. So if you think of almost at least... 85% of men are in the infant level mm-hmm. of maturity. Women, about 65%, are in the child. What do you think happens when a child woman and an infant man comes together? <laughs> it's just bad. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. Not good. So there's a woman wants what she wants, and a man it doesn't have the capacity to deliver that, right? 
and so there's just a lot of friction that can happen in relationships and they can't resolve it they don't have the capacity have or the, the language set. or the right, right the maturity to actually work through an issue and grow yeah. because right. they're because they don't have you're exactly right they might not have the they might even have the data they might have the left brain information right. of going we don't like our relationship but because of the trauma a the trauma b and you know they didn't get secure attachments growing up oh my goodness they need to work on building their right prefrontal cortex and so that's the journey i've been on to really replenish what i didn't get in my right. joy center mm-hmm. so that was a long Ooh. reply, wasn't it, for what you asked? That's good. <laughs> I think the more we have to digest, the better. And one thing, so, you know, it's because it's so true in popular culture, people are talking about joy and people are talking about appreciation and secular psychology and just all over the place. And um, one thing, so we, a lot of people have a concept of your right brain, your left brain and what they do and et cetera, just a tiny little bit. A lot of friends are talking about it. But one thing I love that um, Dr. Marcus Warner said, whatever, however many weekends ago at the conference mm-hmm. we went to where mm-hmm. he was talking, presenting rare leadership was he was talking about if you, it's not a choice of picking your left brain is better than your right or that. He said, if you pick your right brain in terms of I'm going to intentionally pursue healing I also get my left brain even better I become a whole brain person yes right so I I love that where some people get hung up on the well I'm a very left brain person it's like no no you're, you're describing your personality you know you're describing or maybe you just have such a lack of capacity your right brain is so um full of holes <laughs> that you're unable yeah. to have a healthy relationship right. whatever you want to talk about but it's this isn't about personality this isn't about are you an engineer or an artist this is about relational and emotional these about mm-hmm. skills and ways we relate to people i just feel like that's mm-hmm. important to kind of hit on exi- mm-hmm. what you're right. talking about right thanks for that clarity because yeah. it, it is true it's about the formation of the brain mm-hmm. this it it's the infrastructure of mm-hmm. the brain that is underdeveloped or damaged. Yeah. So that's why it's, uh, if you were to go to the gym to build the muscles in your body, it's like you need to do exercises to build the relational connections. Mm-hmm. Um, so there has to be an intentional training program. Yeah. Right. And what do you think that requires if you're, if you're rebuilding those muscles, your brain? Mm-hmm. What do you think you need? Mm-hmm. People, people, people to practice right. with. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, right? So it's, that's why it's an intentional journey yeah. is because it's just not going to happen. Right. You and your partner have to have an intentional conversation about that going, do we want to work on this together? Maybe it's you and a couple of girlfriends or a small group or a home group or maybe it's neighbors. But the reality is it has to be an intentional conversation. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. It can't be one-sided. Yeah, that's so important. And I think I have some friends who it's like they want to work on it by themselves. I'm like, well, you can't. That's literally missing the point. I mean, there's things that we can do by ourselves where we practice mm-hmm. gratitude, or you know, sure. Mm-hmm. But you literally have to do it with other people, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You know, you know the intentionality with it and the desire, the authentic desire, because it's not comfortable. No, no, it's not. Yeah, because when we start at the gym, it's really awkward and we feel like it's not ever going to get better. Mm-hmm. So we've been practicing this for about six years. 
And then we found a new tool about two years ago, which really accelerated. It was the manual journaling process. Mm -hmm. But the intentionality of six years, um, some people would give up on that. Right. But what we have learned, and I say we, my husband and I, as we practice it, we've invited others to practice it with us. Um, It is an amazing journey because the quality of our relationships with our children, the quality of relationships with each other in our marriage, even with our aging parents, being Mm -hmm. able to ask questions and not get agitated by their reply, mm. but being able to sit in the process to really learn about our childhood, learn yeah. about our heritage. Um, it's been really amazing for us. You know, I I lead a small group and there's, there's a couple of women that I'm kind of trying to be intentional to walk through difficult seasons with them. Mm-hmm. And one in particular is just in a really difficult place in her marriage. And I feel like I don't have a lot to offer her. Like... With the things that she's going through, I don't. I want to offer her some profound wisdom or give her a solution that's going to fix it, but it's just not that simple. And so, in hearing this teaching and realizing that it's it's very powerful to be with people that are happy to be with you. Yeah. So I've just decided that I'm going to be happy to be with her mm-hmm. and allow her to be in this place where she's just really having a hard time and most of the time she's not a very happy person but to meet her in that place and accept her as she is I guess my question is that was a long intro um can I serve her in building joy in doing that yes or does it have to be a two-way she has to choose to receive joy in me being happy to see her does that make sense joy can be one-sided as we give it it's kind of like bringing the weak and the strong mm-hmm. together. So mm-hmm. what you gave is a beautiful example of how Jesus would want us to walk this out. Okay. Because you have more emotional capacity mm-hmm. and you have connections that you can go back to to be recharged in. Right. So your joy center can be rebuilt even if you give all your joy away while you're sitting with her, you're being present with her. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you have to solve her problems but what you're doing is attuning with her in her pain right and you're giving her space to be her authentic self Mm -hmm. and being able to see what does it look like for you to be able to remain your normal self as you sit with her in pain authentically you're not Mm -hmm. just doing it because that's what Jesus would do so I'm choosing to do that Mm -hmm. which that might be part that sounded really bad how I said that but um (laughs) sounded good to me huh sounded good to me but but it's an authentic intentional choice to go you know what I see she is deficient Mm -hmm. in people loving on her or others are not necessarily glad to be with her because her negativity is toxic Mm -hmm. but I am choosing because of what God has given me and I have a love for her I'm going to be with her but we can't have too many of those kind of people in our life what what would happen Mm -hmm. it would just deplete us too much we wouldn't be able to continue to right so that's why it's so important to have our intentional relationships developed to help feed us Mm -hmm. and rebuild and continue to Mm -hmm. build our joy center, our joy capacity, so that we have a sustainability in tending to one another in community. Yeah, thank you for saying that, because I think that's very important for us um, in 
well, f- I'll speak for myself. In this season of my life where I have a lot of small children who mm-hmm. rely on me entirely for their emotional stability. <laughs> Do you right. know what I mean? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So obviously they, they they bring me joy. So it's not like a completely one-way street. But I, I give, give, give every day. Yeah. And so for me to be aware of the other relationships that I'm giving to knowing that I, I only have a, you know, a finite amount of joy to give that I don't mm-hmm. I have a tendency I think a lot of women do have a tendency to sort of uh, want to take responsibility for things and help people and do things mm-hmm. and it's to the detriment of ourselves and to our family because we're trying to take care of all these mm-hmm. other things where the, the primary relationships mm-hmm. are often the ones that sort of get the leftovers I feel that way I feel bad for my poor husband often <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, just to uh, affirm what you were saying, to, to have relationships that fill us, um, if I understand correctly, as well as relationships that we're pouring into, knowing that we can't just give, give, mm-hmm. give, give all the time. No, and I think it goes back to that first question you asked me. How did you realize you needed joy? And what I have, what you have described, I was one of those rescuers. Mm. where I over-functioned because I thought that's what Jesus had called me to do. So I kind of, I believed a lie. Mm. Really, Jesus wanted me to be with him and be a human being rather than a human doing. Mm -hmm. But I lived over 40 years of my life feeling like it was what I do that made a difference. And so that, that epiphanal awareness of going, I don't really have enough to give out. Um, I have to replenish my own sustainability mm-hmm. to stay in relationship with my husband, to stay in relationship with my children, um, to perform my work for my and be with my clients, and then you you, you know and be in relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then you go, okay, really, how many hours do I have in my day? that I can give away to people or rescue people with. Right. And when I started looking at it that way, I had rescued first. Okay. And so <laughs> I loved being the first responder. Do you know how good the chemistry <laughs> feels of being the first responder? <laughs> and, um, it really creates really good brain chemistry, the endorphins and the dopamine yeah. and the mm. adrenaline that you get from helping people overcome their pain. That does not create sustainability right. um, in all those relationships that really are of high value to me. So I would just, for all the listeners out there, really evaluate who are you investing in and how are you investing in yourself to build capacity. Mm. So good. There has to be an awareness of what's my capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, realizing in my own journey that I have super low joy and my capacity for joy is actually really small. And I've been Mm -hmm. on this journey for a while now, but I was always a person who was a first responder Mm -hmm. and who was 
all, especially early 20s, like just night and day, the, the kids in crisis, the people in crisis, mm-hmm. like I showed up, you know, and yet I'm, I'm just empty because I can, I'm receiving very little joy and I can hold very little joy, you know, so there had to come a moment of going, oh, yikes, my capacity is so small. Mm-hmm. I have to be very aware of the relationships where I am glad to be with them in their suffering, but it's not a reciprocal I'm being filled back up. Mm-mm. So just to even have the awareness, what is my capacity mm-hmm. um, is so important. Yeah. And I think oftentimes what we have found is um, we, our intentions are good to, to stay in the pain with people. Yeah. But when our own capacity is low, we sometimes end up hurting people worse. Yes. Mm. When we check out. Yes. And when I had that understanding, then that kind of um, amps up my responsibility level of helping others. You know, you have to evaluate, do I have the sustainability to go through this with the person? Yeah. Mm. So healthy. So Kim, I feel like you've already, you've touched on your story a little bit. And so in light of touching on how our brains are designed by God, to run on joy, we experience healing um, as our joy capacity increases and we learn to return to joy, all those things. Can you tell us about how your life has changed? Break it down a little bit more for us, how you've pursued joy intentionally, how you've seen what has changed in your life. What is the, what's the fruit? We use this (laughs) word. What's the fruit? What's the practical every day in your relationships um, and in the way you approach life and how you see what's the impact? What, how have you changed? How have you grown? Um, Well, the greatest thing that I've, I think has been a contributor to increasing my joy capacity is living life from a rested place. Mm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> I know it. Western culture doesn't like to hear rest and quiet. Um, I grew up, well, until my early forties, I slept four to six hours a night just because I thought if I slept any more than that, I would be considered lazy. Oh wow. my goodness. And so lazy was not good in, you know, in how I had defined it. Huh. And, um, so therefore when you're awake, you produce and you get things done Mm. and then, um, learned, um, after a significant season of burnt, I mean, literal physical burnout, Mm. um, and how to recover from that. Part of that recovery was learning how to rest and then quiet my brain because it's one thing to sleep, but it's another thing to quiet the brain. Mm. And so those are the two greatest contributors to me being able to I think pursue joy and to build relationships is coming at it from a rested place oh my goodness is that okay yeah is that what you want I mean is that helpful? yeah Absolutely. that's huge okay. can you unpack quietening your brain a little bit I find that really really challenging because mm-hmm. I might sit down with the intention to have a quiet time to spend time with the Lord or just to rest. Mm-hmm. But my brain is like, go, 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 go. And it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. a challenge. I can't fall asleep. I have trouble sleeping and falling asleep. It takes me a very long time to fall asleep. There's a thousand things happening. Mm-hmm. <sighs> right. And so I've been working on it at least 10 years now of 
quieting the thoughts and slowing mm-hmm. the brain down so I can go to sleep because I'm mm-hmm. like you. Melatonin helps a lot. Oh, <laughs> yeah. praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> lavender helps. Um, <laughs> but at, when it comes to the discipline of quieting our thoughts, um, I have found some exercises to be helpful. It is an intentional choice. Yeah. So we have to decide, it, do I want to work on it? So that's mm-hmm. the first step. One, first step's awareness. The second is choosing, do I want to learn to quiet my brain? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest exercises I found is to keep a pad or a, a journal by my bed. And I just empty my thoughts. Mm. Mm. And... Um, for whatever they're worth, you know, the next day I might look at it and I might not, but what it helps me do is to empty what's swirling. Mm. And then the second thing is, is a practice of gratitude before I go to sleep. And I could write that in a journal, but what I have found is to be able to share that with my husband is more helpful for me. Mm. So, um, we practice appreciation um, just sharing three things that w- we appreciated about our day, three things we appreciate about each other, and then three things we appreciate about God. Hmm. And it's a simple exercise of three yeah. by three by three. And um, that infuses the positive chemistry so some of the negative chemistry is replaced. Hmm. And then that helps me relax. And really, I found it to be helpful for the thorough night sleep where I don't wake up about 2, 2.15, 2.30. Okay. Um, and then um, having a lot of self-doubt. Like sometimes you lay your head on the pillow and you, you go back through your day. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Right? And you go, yes. oh, I could have handled that differently. I should have done this differently with the oh. children. I could have conducted that meeting differently. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that to Steve. Um, and those should haves, I, I replace with, with the positive of what, what I did do right. And so mm-hmm. rather than let myself yeah. stay stuck in the should haves, I go, but what did I do right? And you can document that, or you can just think about that. Each of us have our own tactile way or not tactile, um, our own way of recording that, um, mm. So that it shifts the chemistry. Hmm. So those are just four little simple exercises. And there are others, but I think those will help a lot. Yeah. I love that three by three by three. Um, Do you have a practice for where there's broken relationship to restore it and then like clean out the negative chemistry? (laughs) I don't know if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. I... um, I'm very motivated. I'm a real peacemaker. I'm very motivated by harmony in relationships. But oftentimes, even if there's been reconciliation, you know, I've apologized or the, the issue that we were fighting about has been resolved, I still feel a little bit of residue of like, I wish that hadn't happened or I don't feel as close to you as I would like to. And I feel kind of powerless to, to restore that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I'm probably a little bit oversensitive and I maybe overthink that um but I'd be surprised if I'm the only one <laughs> yeah no yeah I don't think um, you are do you have any insight as to how to kind of reset your brain when you're in a place where you're like I I have apologized for that we have made that right 
and it's it's mostly internal. I don't mm-hmm. feel like it's necessarily in the relationship, but I. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm pondering it with thought because it is a, a tender area with me as well. Mm. Because I have self doubt. Have I done enough? Mm-hmm. Has have I um, what I call repaired the rupture as I should have? Right. Um, I think my response would be different had I called had I caused the rupture or had someone caused it with me mm-hmm. I have different responses to that but either way it's one of those things you sl- think about as you lay your head on the pillow and go mm-hmm. I want that to be back to a hundred percent right and what I've had to surrender to and maybe this is a cop-out is if we've intentionally tried to repair the rupture and we've done it as Jesus would do it, mm-hmm. we have to trust that his Holy Spirit and his and time mm-hmm. and new shared experiences or new shared conversations will help restore that. Yeah. Because relationships are just so tender mm-hmm. and good relationships take a lot of trust. Yeah. And respect. And sometimes those two things have to be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. And that takes time. Yeah. So I can't say that I know an instantaneous answer. Yeah. For me, it. those are where I have to land. Mm-hmm. Oh, sometimes it takes time. Yeah. And I think even remembering the time factor is helpful. Yeah. Because I sort of feel like I have to do something right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that whole, um, I, just the importance of, of surrender, of giving it back to the Lord and saying, I trust you with this relationship. Mm-hmm. I trust you with this situation that I've done what I feel mm-hmm. you've called me to do or respond the way you've called me to respond. And now I'm going to put this in your hands and not keep mm-hmm. tinkering with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So... Th- that might be a new word to put in your uh, evening process mm-hmm. as, as you purge your thoughts, right? The ruminating thoughts that are swirling. Um, maybe an intentional question to God is going, what do I need to surrender yeah. um, from the day? I'm writing this down. This I know. Like goals. <laughs> I <gonna> say that. <laughs> Everybody needs to stop the podcast. Go and write this down. Yeah. Come back. <laughs> um. Can you talk about um, how to bond with Jesus? So how to build that joy relationship with him? Um, many of us many of us listen to this, I love the Lord, maybe have a wonderful, strong faith in the Lord, but we all have different images of what he is like and how he relates to us, and some of them are not very positive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's fear of the Lord or fear that we're not performing or that we're not doing what we should be or X, Y, Z. There's so many different things. Um, how can we repair that bond or, or start to build a really healthy bond with Jesus? Well, you know, I would have given you a, a different answer two weeks ago. Okay. Oh. Um, I've been trying to help someone create a secure attachment with God. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel, Jesus, whatever we want to call him. They have really strong fear um, that he, they have labeled him as a predator. 
mm. in their mind. And I had not had that experience personally. And so for me to give you my answer, I would have given you two weeks ago because I, I didn't know when there are people who have that kind of aversion to God. Yeah. Right. right? So I want to be sensitive to that. So I don't want to make it seem like everyone can get there in the pathway that I have mm -hmm. because he is very personal. Um, and I think in my own story, I look at so many people call him their heavenly father. Mm -hmm. And in my past, I have some father challenges. Mm -hmm. And so to compare the God of the universe, um, the good shepherd um, and call him heavenly father that was difficult for me so what I have done in my journey is trust that the bible is the inerrant word of God mm -hmm. and that I have used it as my guide to really see the character of God and how is he father like mm. so I've had to form a basis one out of trusting that the word is true yeah. And really knowing his character. Mm -hmm. And so that takes time, right? There's yeah. that time word again. Yeah. It, it's not fast. It's a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And decade by decade of my life, you get to know him by different names. Right. Yeah. So the second thing is, is trusting his character. Once you've studied it, you get to know who he is. Are you going to make the choice to trust that in relationship with him? Mm -hmm. Are you going to respect those attributes of who God is? And if you can't get to those places yet, then it might be hard to build um, that secure attachment with him. But perhaps your safety net could be being with people who can see God like that. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's been a part of my story, being in community with people who have different ways they see God mm -hmm. than I see it, but I trust their relationship with God as they model it for me. Yeah. So I've learned from some of my friends' attributes that they've grown in getting to know God. Mm -hmm. And and then having experiences in life where you see him come to the rescue like a daddy does right. or a father does. Mm -hmm. And those create secure bonds when he when he's literally rescued you out of the depths of despair. So it takes in, it's a process and, and, and time to build a relationship. Yeah. And I don't know how long each of you have been in your your relationships, but just think of where you were the day you married your husband, mm -hmm. right? And to where you are today, after numerous births and disappointments, and life hasn't gone how you thought it would go, and yet you look at how deep your love is for your partner now. So it's mm -hmm. been the beauty of those ups and downs. It's helped you sustain that relationship, right? So it's kind of like how my relationship with God has been. He's beaten more like a husband mm -hmm. is the label I had to put on him versus heavenly father. Right. So maybe as I'm talking out loud here, maybe that could be what looking for the name mm 
that you need your God to be? Hmm. Could it be comforter? Could it be healer? Could it be counselor? Could it be mm-hmm. compassionate one? Could it be husband? Yeah. So is that helpful? Yeah, that is helpful. I like how you describe um, spending time in the word of God. I think yeah. our generation is yeah. less about the word than our parents were. And I, I just am constantly challenged by that's the standard that we need to compare our process to, you know, like mm-hmm. we have this revelation of the Lord or we experience this thing in prayer and all of those experiences are incredibly valuable, but we have, there is something that we can kind of measure that against and say, this is yeah. who God says he is. You know, this is what yeah. the Bible says about his character and his mm-hmm. attributes, you know, his personality, the way that he responds to people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not alone in figuring this out. So I think that's that's mm-hmm. invaluable, searching the scriptures and mm-hmm. it has to be character. a part of your journey. Yeah. I mean it because there's so many things in our world today that are not certain. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing we know that the the word is certain. Yeah. And I know there are people who would argue with me <laughs> <laughs> um, who say, Yeah, you know, how do you know it's the inerrant word of God? And I go, I choose that because it makes sense as I've studied it and so, yeah, making time for that is really important each day. Understanding the Bible and then um, making time to practice appreciation mm. daily. Yep. Appreciation of what he has done. Um, asking him, would you show me what you want me to appreciate today? Mm. And, um, and if you're in a, a season that seems dark and... Um, maybe it feels scary or you feel alone practicing appreciation at least three times a day is an amazing experience to shift the attachment to God mm-hmm. when you're asking him what do you want me to appreciate you write that down yeah and then you just have that bi-directional conversation you say what do you want me to know about my appreciation and then you you can listen and see what thought or impression, a picture, comes back to mind about that. Yeah. I love that. I'm mm-hmm. all about the discipline of appreciation, but I had never thought to ask the Lord what he would like me to appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it changes it. Mm-hmm. Because our flesh might think certain things, but he might have given us gifts throughout the day that we stepped over. Right. And when you ask him, he reawakens something and, go, and you go, Oh, yeah, that's, and it, it's a game changer for yeah. building intimacy with God, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's what we're, yeah. this question is about. How yeah. do I build a secure attachment with the Father? Mm-hmm. And it's been one of the key things that have helped me grow in my awareness of who he is and who he wants to be in my life. Yeah. Very that's cool. what I found when I've one the interactive appreciation mm-hmm. that it always amazes me what the Lord brings to mind. Mm-hmm. I do. It's that exact as you describe seeing things that I overlooked or that I didn't stop to notice mm-hmm. that are so precious. And as I see them, uh, it 
solidifies again and again this he knows me and he sees me Mm -hmm. and exactly where I am and exactly what's happening in my life and he's so involved increases that awareness of his involvement in my life Mm -hmm. is what I found yeah and then this the last thing and on this is sharing that entry with someone Mm. it could be your partner it could be maybe a friend or two, but where you're reading that appreciation entry back because Mm -hmm. there's scientifically an experience going on in your neural pathways that's deepening and remapping how you see the Lord. And it's entry after entry, experience after experience. It is benefiting your relationship with God. Yeah. So there's a process that's being... Or an, uh, an idea or a truth that's being established in your brain when you hear it or you think it going in and then you say it coming out. Is that how mm-hmm. you would describe it? It kind of forms a path in your brain? That is correct. Okay. And there's a scientific explanation yeah. of all that, which I won't go into on the podcast. Sure. But, but <laughs> literally, so even the aware, the first step is the, uh, inv- the invitation to make, ask God to make you be aware that comes to your brain your brain goes ah yes your brain then takes it from the brain through the hand writing it on the journal page then the next step is taking that journal page entry you're then engaging your tongue you're speaking it and it's deepening the and reprogramming or remapping your your neural pathway you're pushing out negativity replacing it with positivity mm-hmm. and the the truth of who God is. Yeah. And the safety net is when you read it back to your friend and they're affirmed in it, it's life-giving, it seems like it's the character of God, then what it has done for your relationship with your friend, you have just amplified your friendship because you've trusted her with something that was dear to right. you mm-hmm. and she has felt like you trusted her enough to share it mm-hmm. and it's been life-giving. Yeah. So it, 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 it's a win-win in all relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So cool. I feel like the, the gold of this conversation is that as we're approaching this concept of the yellow canary of joy, mm-hmm. and we're going, oh my gosh, my canary's dead in my cage, yeah. or it can barely breathe, what you have brought to us is it can change, and it mm-hmm. may not even be circumstantial. Yeah. It might not be the circumstances of our lives. It may actually probably be me. Right. You know, and that's the, the consistent thing in my life yeah. is mm-hmm. my circumstances have changed 15 times, mm-hmm. but I'm still having the same problems. Mm-hmm. I'm still having right. so little joy or I mm-hmm. so, but the, the gold you've brought us is that mm-hmm. there's hope. Mm-hmm. Um, there is really, truly hope that that can change mm-hmm. and that we can live out of a place of rest mm-hmm. um, and joy in relationship. Right. That it's possible. It is possible with intention. Right. Mm, we're yeah. all about that, aren't we? Mm-hmm. I know you are. Right. <laughs> we're yes. trying to be. We are women who are choosing to live intentionally and with hope. That's part of our little slogan. It is. Oh, it is? It mm-hmm. is. Awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, there are uh, so many things that are outside of our control, you know, in our life and our circumstances, but the things. I don't know, I feel like the more I sort of push into the Lord and the more I kind of dig, I feel like there are a lot of things that I do have ability to invest in and cultivate and pursue and and Mm -hmm. see change in that are within my control. 
uh, I feel like control is the wrong choice of words, but um, we don't have to sit back and let life happen to us. Mm-hmm. We can build build a healthy life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very, very, very hopeful. You know, that's very mm-hmm. encouraging. Thank you, Kim, so much for your insight oh, and your yeah. wisdom. Um, I think we need to write down all of those things. We <laughs> to do. do. I'm thinking like worksheet. Before you know? we go to bed, I think that's <laughs> some of the gold uh, there. Yeah. We'll just do a follow-up coaching session when yeah. we get off our <laughs> Yeah, I, I like this idea. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So be blessed and know that the Lord is with you and for you. Yeah. And um, available. Absolutely. At all mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next time.